Welcome to Indie Unplugged, the podcast that's your front row seat to the real talk of Indianola. I'm Aaron Young, your friendly neighborhood host, and we're diving deep into unfiltered stories, candid chats, and the nitty gritty of our vibrant city. Think of this as a crash course in all things Indianola. No fancy jargon, just real conversations. So get comfy, hit that play button, and let's explore the heart and soul of our community together on Indie Unplugged. All right. It's the first episode. It is the very first episode of Indie Unplugged, the City of Indianola uh, podcast. And this is awesome. This is a great way for our community and our stakeholders and our partners to become more engaged with the city and be part of the conversation and really get behind the scenes into everything that the city is doing collectively uh, as an organization for the community. And we're incredibly excited to have you join us here today, whether you're listening on the podcast or, you know, watching, um, you know, on our YouTube channel with the video recording, but just make sure that you hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to the podcast, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, follow us on YouTube, all of our socials, make sure you stay connected with the city of Indianola. That's the best way to get real-time information and updates and to always be at the ready for when new episodes drop. But for the sake of today, like I said, very first podcast, and we are joined by none other than Indianola Mayor Stephanie Erickson. Mayor Erickson, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks, Aaron, for inviting me to be on this. A little nervous, a little apprehensive, but we're going to do this. Aaron's going to walk us through, so thanks for listening and bearing with us on this. Yeah, so for those who don't know, which is all of you, when we were doing tests of our you know, audio and our setup, we I had a little little fun for this sample that I showed, uh, that I played for Mayor Erickson. And I kind of assumed that your favorite part of being, about being the mayor was Corner Sundry ice cream. Was I far off or what is your favorite part about being the mayor of Indianola? Oh no, that's absolutely right. <laughs> that and hot air balloons. <laughs> and we're going to go to Corner Sundry after this, right, Aaron? I'm that that was my, to. that was my reward for coming to do. We that. need to, that was the bribe, yeah, right? Absolutely. <laughs> But what is, you know, just kind of getting away with some of those, uh, you know, background questions, you know, what, why did you want to become the mayor? I thought about that question before I came in here today, because I knew you were going to ask me. And um, most of you know me, know I'm long-winded. We don't have a lot of time, so I'll make it really short. Um, When I was in third, fourth grade, I think, my parents were heavily involved in politics, uh, particularly at the national level. And... Bill Clinton came to our town. I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. Little Manchester, Iowa. He rolled through on a bus. He shook all our hands and really thought politics were cool. So um, started following politics in third grade and had been out on campaign trails my whole life pretty much since a baby. And then the Monica Lewinsky scandal happened. I think it was in fifth grade. And I took off school so I could watch it with my parents, the Senate hearings. And um, I've just always had this love for wanting to fix things. I say I'm a fixer. Um, Not that we need to fix anything here, but I think that we can be better. And I think this is a great community and we're going to continue to grow. I want to live here the rest of my life, even though it's cold and there's a lot of snow outside right now. But yeah. What are some of the things so far while you've been mayor that you are most proud of or the things that, you know, as you talk about, you know, fixing things, what are some of those uh, areas that you've identified that you're, you know, planting those seeds, if you will, to uh, create those signs of, of improvement or growth or those next steps? I think as a community overall, um, 
that's probably the most rewarding part is working with the individuals in this community. And um, some of my greatest accomplishments is one of my favorite days ever. It's coming up this Friday. It's Chris Street Day in Indianola. Um, is proclamations and stuff like that. We have George Washington Carver weekend this weekend. We have so many great individuals who live in this community and make it great and celebrating them, the fun stuff, right? That, that's what everybody likes about being the mayor. That's the easy stuff, not the policy stuff, the stuff that highlights the people in our community and mayor's youth council. That's my other favorite part. Yeah, and we'll get to Mira's Youth Council near the end because we're going to make sure we give some heavy promotion yeah. to all the great efforts that are being uh, done by that group of awesome mm-hmm. Indianola Community School District students yeah. and, 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 and things on that front. But, you know, you talked, you hit the nail on the head, this community with so many parades, mm-hmm. so many uh, dedicated volunteers, so many partnerships. That seems to kind of be um, kind of at the forefront as we look toward 2024 are these, are these partnerships. Let's talk about, you know, recently we announced the Simpson Town and Gown Committee. Yeah. with uh, Simpson, new Simpson College President mm-hmm. Jay Byers. What's that partnership? What's the purpose behind it? And what's the what are the goals moving forward? That's an excellent question. So um, part of that is, is when Jay got hired, we sat down, we had a lot of conversations of how do we support our college in the middle of our town? Um, interesting situation we're watching happen in Mount Pleasant with the closure of, closure of their college and leaving this big hole in the middle of the town. And you know that that's the reality that we face now, right? It, you can get an education online, and how do we bring these Simpson students here? And then how do we retain them upon graduation? Um, myself and my husband went to Simpson, and we chose to live somewhere else in 2003. We left here, um, and so the biggest part of our town and gown is celebrating these students and making them see what makes us a great community. The other part that we're working on is um, international students uh, for holidays that they can't go home. For instance, Thanksgiving, um, having families in town that kind of take them in, give them those experiences when they can't be home. Um, I've told this story and I've probably told you and now I'm going to tell everybody else, but when my son two years ago was looking for a college, we went to two colleges that specifically their cities stuck out to me. And Ben says, once you get into the government and city government, you're, you're ruined. You go everywhere else and you see what they do well and you look at it, you look at their light post, you look at their reeves or what's hanging um, and how they decorate. You are, you're ruined. Um, so the two communities that I particularly really was interested in was Sioux Center, Iowa, where we have Dort University, and Maryville, Missouri. And I started to dig down because when you go to their sporting events, and while both of them have pretty good programs and all of their sports, they are packed. And they're not, it, it's students, it's community members. It is absolutely packed to the brim, whether they win or lose. And these people love their college athletics. And so as I'm drilling down and I'm talking to people in their town and Yes, calling their city managers and having conversations, talking to the football coach at both programs. And what the result is, is that these individuals are graduating from Dort University or Northwest Missouri State, and they're choosing to stay there. And they love their college. And then these individuals grow, and they start sitting on our city boards. They start sitting on the city council. And so you you still have that love, and it, and it grows, and it's contagious, the love that they have. Um and Jay and I are really working on that, back to the days of when Simpson football stands were filled. And we're going to get there, and we're going we're gonna to take out the Dutch next time. <laughs> it wasn't our year the last few years, but we're going to get there. Oh, yeah. um, and it really starts at the top. It really does from the leadership and 
Um, you know, I had the conversation a few weeks ago with a Simpson professor who was pretty frustrated with the Iowa Hawkeye football team. I mean, who wasn't frustrated with the Iowa Hawkeye football team? And I have a unique experience. My son uh, walked on to the University of Iowa Hawkeyes. He was given a preferred walk-on offer. And so it's nice to know. I know a lot of those those gentlemen. They're, they're great young men. But um, the Simpson professor was, you know, frustrated and said we shouldn't be celebrating our athletes and why are we excited when they're getting killed in a bowl game and and I said I think I'm going to ask you to look at a different way nobody wants to win more than the guys on that field nobody does but it's a culture and it starts at the very very top and I said for instance Simpson College has had transition right and their leadership and in athletics and I feel like we've got the right president we've got the right athletic director and it's really starting that momentum and the students and the athletes and, you know, whether it's music, we could talk about music and it's the same thing or arts, you know, Indianola, we're looking for, there's a group of individuals looking for an art center here. Um, it, it's all of that. It's that collaboration that they're finding what they want in a community after they graduate. So um, it's as simple as putting up Simpson banners um, on our light poles on 6569 in Indianola High School banners. Um, one of the things I'm impressed with in Maryville is every single light post. You drive by and it is a Northwest Missouri State banner and the next one is Maryville High School um, for the spoof hounds. I actually think it's the fun, it's just a weird. That's their mascot? That's their, a spoof hound, yeah. I don't even know what a spoof hound is, but... <laughs> um, but, it, you know, and their colors are, are consistent. We don't, we don't have that, but that's okay. I mean, they're all green, and it you can just feel it. You can feel the love. Um, even, in fact, in front of their, they have municipal utilities too. They have a big sign welcoming the students saying, call us for your internet needs. And I, I was like, it says welcome students. And I was like, that's a simple thing. We can do that. Why don't we have a banner when they come into town on their first day? Um, come in here, Aaron, you went to Simpson too. That first day, your parents drop you off. And I, yeah, I remember where I, where I sat. I sat outside Pfeiffer Hall on a bench and I was, I was homesick, but I wasn't going to admit it, right? I was a 19-year-old kid. And um, so we want these kids when they, they come here to feel like they're part of something bigger. Yeah. And I think in a way too, on the flip side for, you know, overall residents, like even these students, like they are in Indianola residents. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, they are, they're creating a home here, even though they might live in a dorm and they might live in an off-campus apartment. They are still residents. and Still a lot of jobs here. Yeah. And I think in ways, regardless, we see pockets of that community spirit. And you talk about, you know, from the top down, mm -hmm. our city staff across the board, department wide, um, are very, very proactive and, um, and work diligent to, work in collaboration with residents who are volunteers on the various commissions and boards that we have to create these opportunities and, and not have them be these one-offs, but yeah. everlasting, have them be annual projects or annual events and annual experiences yeah. to be able to be part of. Um, the first one that comes to my mind is definitely, and I think it's, it's, it is in collaboration with Simpson as well. And I've just heard more about it this past week would be the wonder on Buxton project, mm -hmm. you know, really okay. trying to be intentional with having that, you know, that, that link between campus to our downtown square. I think it's Absolutely. huge. I think it's huge. Absolutely. And I just finished a book called walkable city. Um, and it's all about how 
you know, we've gotten a little lazy and complacent, myself included. I parked right outside front um, when I pulled up here. Um, so it's all about making those walkable destinations. And now on Simpsons campus, you'll see there's, have you seen the Paul prints that they yeah, put yeah. to like walk you to places? I think it's really unique. I think it's, it's something outside the box. And I think that's what we're trying to do here as that town and gown committee is think outside the box. Um, you know, a, another thing that really kind of intrigued me as a mom that I really like my son's at Northwest Missouri State now is the athletes have like families that kind of adopt them. So should you need anything or they give them little care packages through, um, you know, the year, if they can't go home for certain things, if they were to go to a bowl game, for instance, this year, um, they wouldn't have been able to come home for Christmas. So they have a family there. And as a mom, it makes me feel really good. Right. And I want other moms to feel that, that when their kids come here, they are loved. We're going to take care of them. We're going to protect them. And we want them to live here. I'm sorry, mom. You probably want them to come home, but they're not. We're going to keep them. Um, just like I tell my son, I hope you fall in love with the Warren County girl because you're going to come back here. So, yeah, I, I think we can make something great. And it's, yeah. it's all about continuing to work together and kind of changing that narrative. Right. That we're great. And we're going to take out the Dutch. So, yeah. So you used, you used a, a keyword there, change. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, people are hesitant for change. We've seen that quite a bit, mm-hmm. especially in, in recent months with our, you know, plain unit developments that yes. are very much in their preliminary phase, but they're going through the process. Yes. But anytime you have that change, you're going to have resistance. And oftentimes, too, when people move to Indianola, and we've heard this from public comment from, you know, our various stakeholders, they don't want to change. They don't mm-hmm. want to be like our other surrounding communities because we want to keep, you know, the characteristics of our town or what they perceive to be our char- character characteristics of our town um, unique in its own mm-hmm. right. How do you, as an elected official, combat that, knowing that we have the opportunity for growth and just, you know, the competitiveness and the draw to bring people in and to keep them staying here in Indianola? That's a good question. Um, I think a lot of us are drawn to Indianola for one reason or another. 20 years ago, our family, my husband and I decided to move to Altoona. Altoona, it boomed. I think they were around 9,000 people when we moved there. We were the last street in town and it boomed. And not that we didn't, we were fine with the growth. We knew it was going to happen. It was a natural progression. I think Norwalk's growth is a natural progression as being an outlier of Des Moines. We don't want to get that big. I, I, we want to grow strategically, smart, wise. We don't want to inundate our schools and cause a bigger headache for someone else. And so for a long time, and I don't think any, I don't, there's nothing malicious. There's nothing wrong with it, but we really worked in silos. We had a county silo working. We had a city silo working. We had a school board and then a Simpson, right? So we had all these dynamics and we were all going our own direction and we all want to get to the same place but we all have different ideas of how to get there, right? So breaking down those silos and keeping our charm and and reminding residents a lot of times when they're upset about new development and growth is um, we got to act like we're a small town if we want to be a small town. We got to support each other. Um, I mean, how many grass complaints do we get about long grass and it's your neighbor? And I've written in the magazine, so I don't think anyone can get mad at me, but mow your neighbor's grass, help your neighbor out scoop some snow, that, that is what small towns do, right? We love each other and we take care of each other. And we do see so many of those things happen. It's not that it's not happening, but, um, you know, it's how can we help each other and still be supportive? And 
and you know, and you know, it does need, um, we need some growth. We have not seen in the last 10 years, the census has shown that. And, uh, we have really been driven and, um, focused on single family housing and not so much multifamily where we've got to have affordable options for younger families to move here. And, you know, unfortunately right now, interest rates are not great. Um, so by bringing some new development and some new housing options, hopefully we can start retaining those students and retaining younger families to move here and to start growing us. And again, I don't want to grow like Norwalk. I don't want to grow like Altoona. I don't think any of us do. We want to grow strategically wise and enough that we can keep our taxes low and be, you know, the, the premier community in Warren County. Yeah. And you're hitting everything on the head as we go into our next topic, would be, mm-hmm. which would be that 2024-2027 strategic plan mm-hmm. that council approved a week or two ago. You know, with those four priorities that you've set for staff to carry out for the community, um, with it being our welcoming hometown, mm-hmm. a thriving hub of economic development and innovation, uh, promoting p- uh, public safety and health, and resource optimization, how were those priorities set, and how do those priorities set us up for success over the next three, four years? That's a great question. Um, So those priorities were set through a lot of collaboration with the previous council, current council, um, some work from Cassandra, which was great. She came in and helped us. um, And really digging into, without getting in the weeds, we wanted to have some overlying um, topics, right? So um, we want to make sure everyone can afford to live here, right? We want to have a vast majority of housing options. Um, that was one. And that means everybody. That means from um, a fixed income to a millionaire. I want to offer all of those options here. It brings us a diverse community. And I think we all do. And we want to support our staff and let them do their jobs. And the good thing is, is people know Indianola is open to business, right? They, they know we want to work with them. And we want to be smart about that. So I feel like community develops doing a great job. We'll give Charlie um, a good shout out and his team on that. Um, okay, the next part. So that, I went a little long on that first part. Now I'm kind of. How about <laughs> you get just, it? How about just overall resource optimization, knowing that we are going to have impact with our budget and just yeah. you know as as we you know try to grow, we know that we do have a limited budget. How can we be? put our best foot forward with our resources. Absolutely. Good question. So um, taxes are difficult. Taxes are hard to understand, right? And it's hard to understand the revenue side on the city side. And um, some of the conversations that we're having is currently right now, our our new high school, it's going to be really nice in five years, um, went out to bid yesterday for $63 million. They are capped out at their levy right now currently. If we do not bring any more growth, development, they have no more taxing authority, which means their their hands are tied. And so in collaboration, right, working together of what's smart without over-inundating our schools, that's going to require another elementary school, um, those conversations are happening. And then bringing it back, um, for anyone who paid attention to our budget study uh, sessions, all of the department directors had to say how this pieces into our strategic plans and which items it meant. And I felt that that was really great. I really appreciated that because it showed that this is really the priorities we all have together. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, and I think it identified gaps and also opportunities of what, you know, 
Indianola could leverage as you know it fits that bill for continuing to grow or whatever the goals that are being set forth by council for staff yeah. to to be directed and carry out. I mean, just talk about, you know, overall with that aspect of our staff, and you said it uh, in the last couple of those budget sessions that, you know, our staff are our number one people. They're the ones that are, you know, yeah. carrying out this vision that we are setting forth to ultimately impact all of us. Mm-hmm. Just take a few moments just to just share your, you know, praise or just comments for what staff have been able to do, um, you know, these last few months Absolutely. and over the last few years while under kind of in your uh being mayor. Yeah. So I think sometimes we don't give, we don't give credit where credit is due and we need to. Um, and you know, the study session last night, we're talking a lot about, um, cost of living increases. I'm not going to get into any of that information, but I'll fundamentally stand behind what I said in that meeting is that our employees are our greatest asset. They are the most important to every single resident here. We have the right team on the bus. We brought in a new city manager my first year, Ben is absolutely killing it. He had, you know, quite a few positions open to fill and every single one, including Aaron here, who's leading our podcast has been a slam dunk. Um, and currently right now he's interviewing for a finance director. I think really he has found the staff we need to make this a successful city and, you know, nothing in government moves fast. That's what nobody has to worry about that. Um, and it is, you gotta have some patience. It takes five to 10 years to pull off some things and watching the success in Norwalk, I've talked a lot to their city manager and even their staff drilled down and talked to their clerk. They are seeing a lot of success, but this has been eight years in the making. They had to get the right people on board and we've got the right people on board and their success is coming to fruition now. Um, maybe a little too fast. I think they might say it's coming a little too fast at them too. Um, so again, it's about having the right people on board and, between all of our department directors, I can tell you, taxpayers, that we've got the right people on board. And we are um, going to move forward, and we're going to move forward positively. A lot of times we like to talk about the past, but I can't change the past, and I don't want to talk about the past anymore. I think a comment that came out was, we keep recycling all of our history. And I don't want to recycle our history. I want to do better than our history. And I think that's what our staff wants, too. So we'll do it and learn from our mistakes and move forward. Yeah, no, I think... And I don't mean to speak for all staff as they watch that. I, f- I feel like hopefully they they have a smile or they have that warm heart where they, they do feel valued. And I'd be remiss if I did not, uh, you know, talk about, you know, if you're listening to this right now, we're in the dead of winter and we're coming off a historic snowfall that we just received. I, so I think our street superintendent, Caleb Adams Brown, said that Indianola received um, a historic amount of snow over a seven day period for the first, like, heavy, a largest amount of snow since like the 1940s. So yeah. A lot of work went into play of clearing our, our 150 mile stretch of uh, of city roads and trails, and it, and it, you know our streets department, IMU had staff involved, our facilities manager, mm-hmm. parks and rec. It's an all hands on deck effort. Absolutely. Uh, and I sometimes I feel like that might even be an area where, you know, depending on you know your patience level and mm-hmm. how much grace you have, it, 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 you, you know it it. You don't want to undervalue the long hours that those no, because they do work long hours. I think they're allowed to work like eighteen hours straight. Um, I think that's the most they can work. Now I'm not. I'm not sure. We're. I don't think we're doing that. So don't. Don't put me. To we're that. definitely following labor laws. Y- they yes. Yes. I think eighteen hours is like what the max is, and you know we're we're following all those laws. But I think sometimes the the negative and the noise. There might just be one but sometimes it's louder 
And so we need to remember to be louder with our praise. And and I did see that a lot in the community pages online and social media is that there's lots of praise. They they did a great job. And it was, you know, it was a lot. Um, we had some new plow drivers and, and they did great. And the feedback I have I've gotten is it's wonderful. You know, it just and we haven't really had snow yet this year. So it was like, yeah, historic once in a hundred year storm and dumps all on us. And, you know, Caleb hasn't been with us that long either. So he's still getting his feet underneath of him. But uh, he's he's pretty good. And he said we will learn from this and we'll make it better next time. But again, I was very impressed with them. None of our plows gelled up, you know. We kept guys out there on the roads, and we only sacrificed a few mailboxes that we fixed already. So, you know, I think it, it worked out for us, and there was no concerns from a public safety standpoint. If there was an emergency, they could get through, and that that's the priority there. Yeah, and you bring up social media, you know, talking about with the, you know, the various pages that, you know, our community are able to, you know, be part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. And when I took this job, kind of the some of the things I've I've talked with with some staff members and some other community partners is, you know, I want to be able to build that community of conversation. Take both the positive and the negative because if you do have the negative, yeah. the, you're identifying opportunities to then, you know, if that's their area to then make you aware of a concern, you identify that, you can address it and take care of it, or you can take the next steps to then determine, okay, that best course of action. Mm-hmm. So in a way, the way I view social media, which is probably very different than a lot of other people, is I, I view it. it as I, I mean, I view it as a way where you know it's 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 an it's a it's a place where people have that 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 hub to come together to mm-hmm. to sound off, if you will. But for us to also be part of that conversation to address you know what it could be, and then also celebrate you know the yeah. the awesome things that are happening across the community, promote what we are mm-hmm. doing and what's to come. And to and to educate and to inform. Absolutely. There's so many yeah. so many ways to to do that. And we know that you know I feel like an old lady. I do. I feel like an old lady. Aaron's quite a bit younger than me, but we do know that you know the communication styles of this younger generation is different than what we're used to, right? Um, my parents they pick up the phone. My generation will text, you know, um, and then this newer generation and and we're even seeing that in housing and what they want. I want a big yard. I want a big yard. People in their twenties. They don't want to spend time mowing their grass. They don't want to shovel snow. They would rather live in an HOA. And, you know, I get it. They're so, we're so busy, right? There's not enough time to do it all. And so we have to adjust to the newer generations coming, which is where I think sometimes we haven't always adjusted. And um, we have to ask that younger generation, what do you want? Um, I've gone to a lot of Simpson classes. And the first thing is I always ask them, who wants to live in Indianola when you graduate? And I've only had one hand raised, and that's because I told his mom, or I told him, if you don't raise your hand, I'm telling your mom, because she lives in town, and so he raised his hand. And what do you want for Indianola? And, you know, all of a sudden it's like, what do you mean? What do we want? What kind of businesses? What is going to make it a thriving community that you want to stay here on Friday nights? You want to spend your money here? You want to, I don't know. Poncheros. Poncheros is a big one. Everybody wants Poncheros. Um, I'm not making any promises that is happening. I just want to say, but everybody <laughs> does want Poncheros, um, including my son. I, I don't like Poncheros. So, um, Are you Chipotle? Uh, I, I don't like Mexican food. I had a bad experience when I was like five, Man. and I haven't eaten it since. Man. It drives my family crazy because they love Mexican food. 
And even after COVID, I still don't have my taste back and I still won't eat it. Wow. I haven't had my taste for two years since COVID. So I still won't eat it. It's just, it's a thing. It, it makes me just repulsed. Um, but I, I mean, we'll try, right? We'll try. We'll, I try to give that feedback back to developers who have developments coming. Like, hey, here's what the community is saying they want. A bowling alley. How many times have you seen bowling alley on our community page, right? Um, and looking at those options because again, we have to be creative and I do, I see social media as a good and a bad. I've got some council members who don't like it at all. Um, and I, I get tagged in a lot of stuff. Sometimes I reply and sometimes I don't because sometimes I can't, I don't know the answers. I try to, but I think it's a good way for us to look at, like you said, our inefficiencies, how we can make ourselves better and learn from it. And not take it so personal. It's not supposed to be personal, right? Let's just be better. Let's just make it better. Um, and I think we can do that together. So yeah, you talk about with council. Mm -hmm. We just brought on uh, two new council members yep. and with Josh Rabe, the incumbent, serving mm -hmm. again as our at-large council member. What's that transition like when you go from an outgoing council to an incoming council? Uh, um, we got, I, I think it's great, right? We had two years uh, where... We finally started to gel. I, we had seven of us sitting at the table. We're starting to really come together, and then transition happens. I'm very excited. I'm, I was very sad to see the council members that were leaving leave because there's a lot of historical knowledge there, specifically with council member Parker. Um, he had been there a long time, so we, we leaned on him a lot for give us some historical data here, and I'm not going to lie. I've, I've leaned on him afterwards, too. Um, and that's always great. And then bringing in new people, it, it brings new ideas, it energizes it. But then sometimes we, you know, we've already set priorities that maybe they haven't been a part of. So then we have to bring them along on the process. But I feel like we're in a really good place, um, you know, with conversations. And it's still so early. We're about three weeks in. And I remember three weeks in. I'm still in over my head some days because government is, is a lot to learn. And I'm two years in. So, um, you know, I don't, I, I learned a lot the first year. I'm not sure if I remember any of it though, because there is so much you're taking on and you're coming in in the middle of the budget season, um, you know, and a previous council has made some decisions. So, so it's, yeah, it's just finding that middle ground and using it as an opportunity where I can see my indeficiencies from leadership that I can improve and um, how I can bring us more on the same page. So I'm going to use any of these challenges to make it better. Yeah, no, that's kind of cool. And that's kind of way, you know, any team is set up, right? You know, Absolutely. you have well-rounded individuals who have a lot of strengths. Some of those strengths might be my weaknesses, could yeah. be your weaknesses. So we counterbalance each other. And I think the cool thing about, this is probably the same for, you know, past councils as well, is they've always started at a point where they may have served on a board and commission mm -hmm. and kind of worked their way up to then serve as a council member or as a mayor. So, um, you know, whether it be a planning and zoning aspect, whether it's any you know, hometown pride or the, you know, dozens of other boards and commissions we have, there's some of that that institutional knowledge as Absolutely. well as experiences that they're able to bring to the table to serve the entire community. Absolutely. And, you know, sometimes we do. We, when you serve for a long time, sometimes you get stuck in your ways. So new ideas and new energy is always great. Um, always more people at the table is better. I feel like you get more ideas. And um, together we can lean on each other, like you said, those weaknesses and identify them and make them better because – Ultimately, we want to lead a really good city council 
for the staff because anytime we lose a staff member, that's really expensive. And that's expensive on the backs of the taxpayers. Um, so our goal is to keep taxes low and to keep our staff, you know, happy doing their job. And we stay at this 5,000 foot level. But sometimes we get in the weeds. We, we know we do. Sometimes I get in the weeds. Um, I ask a lot of questions, but. But that's good. I mean, across the board, it's accountability and mm-hmm. ensuring that, you know, again, we're always putting our best foot forward yeah. for our residents and for our community. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's why social media is important, too, because bringing back to that and tying it all together is people have really been appreciative when there's simple things we can answer on social media. They'll go to the complaints page, right? And they'll, they'll say something and and maybe the, I can answer it pretty easy. Um, so I appreciate that. And then they appreciate that in return. Oh, well, okay, well, it's not really that big of a deal. Um, you know, the new developments that you're talking about, very preliminary. Lots of people thought that was the final plan. And those were those were just sketches, basically on a napkin at this point. Yeah, and I think I, I want to talk about that too because we, we to this day we talk about that hours long, four hour long planning and zoning yeah. meeting. But yeah. while it was long, that was a process at work. That's civic engagement at mm-hmm. its finest. I think while we all wanted to go home and sleep, <laughs> absolutely, point, absolutely, everyone had had that had an opportunity to be heard and yeah. to uh, express their comments and to let the process go forth. I remember, you know, the following day, we put out a city statement of just, you know, thanking everyone for their participation. Aaron did great work. <laughs> yes, I just want you to know you and, really did. And and for being part of that process and then, you know, just kind of that timeline. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once everything after those, um, uh, January 16th was in the third and final consideration and then takes that next step. Again, like, yeah. like what the mayor just said, it is very preliminary. There's a lot that can still change and a lot's in the works. So while it's set from a, a, uh, a planning, a plan unit development perspective. There's still a lot that's in the play here. It's very conceptual, very, you know, they got to get in there and make sure they can have enough parking spots and, and, and they do anticipate some things will change on there because again, they've got to get in and look at the land and the cost for that. So, um, you know, getting in front of that narrative is sometimes really important when misinformation gets put out there. So, while some of my council members don't find it endearing when I when I try to go in and correct misinformation, others do. And all I want to do is just make sure we have the correct information out there. And, you know, I, for me, I don't have a vote on it, but I try to just stay really neutral. And here's the information that we have. And again, very, very high level conceptual ideas. Lots can change. And um, yeah, the that meeting at Planning and Zoning was was long they, and some of them left before concessions were made or before the developer chose to remove some things so some people were still upset the next day and I, I actually got a call at eight o'clock in the morning that day and they were still really upset and these townhomes are still going right behind my house and I said no he removed those and they were like oh well we left after we spoke and so it was great Aaron put out this awesome press release and I was able to forward that to them to be like here's what happened and you know then they were really happy I I think that we found a really good compromise it's great when the developer will listen to the community and the concerns of the neighboring uh, neighbors because he wants to be a good neighbor and they want to be good neighbors so that that to me is wonderful to see happen yeah no and I think overall as you look toward 2024 and beyond it's 
you know, going to be years of, I want to use the word transformation. That's a, it's a pretty heavy word, mm-hmm. but it's an exciting time. I feel for Indy Knoll as we take these next steps and kind of what's on the horizon for this Absolutely. community. Absolutely. It is a very exciting time because those silos are broke down now. And so we're all collaborating. We're all looking, how do we become one together and moving forward? Because that's kind of my slogan. We just keep moving forward and move forward positively. So people love living here. So as you look toward the future, what are you most excited about? And what are what's kind of on the mayor and council's wish list for things mm. that we um, could see in 2024? I think we'll see a lot of excitement um, as we are working through that site planning process with some of these new developments. We're going to see some new housing options, um, you know, affordable housing options. Um, and I think that's great. Um I'm really excited about that. That makes me very excited. And I'm just excited about the overall feel of the community. It it feels that we they're starting to trust us. Nobody trusts government. We know that, right? Uh, but they're starting to trust us, and they're starting to know that we're listening. So that's why it's great when four hours, it's a long time uh, for public comment, but we heard them, and we listened, and... That's what I'm excited about. Continuing to hear people out, trusting staff and making and things like this podcast. Maybe I'll, he might invite me back. I'm not sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, overall, that high quality of life. Mm-hmm. Those Absolutely. Those options to um, meet residents where they are, where they want to go and to um, ultimately impact and influence a higher quality of life. Absolutely. And my son graduates in two years from college and, um, I want nothing more than this to be the community he chooses to come back to and teach in our high school. So I'm pretty sure it is, but he wants to be a high school teacher and a coach, just like every other high school or every other coach here in our high school. But I think it's great. And the reason why is he had some great mentors. Tell me a little bit more about Mayor Youth Council, what it is and what the group does. Sure. Mayor's Youth Council is comprised of um, 20 and 25 students from the high school level and It is geared towards community service and giving back to the community. So we've done a lot of great things. Uh, In 2023, we were able to raise $6,100 and I think $27 and some odd cents. And all of that money, 100% went back to the community. We were able to adopt high school students to give them their first Christmas ever. And we're especially excited because this leadership class that I have currently right now of um, the four main leaders for it. They are elected by their peers. They um, identified a need in our high school and maybe a need that we all take, you know, we we don't think a lot about, but there's an alarming number of students who go home every day from our high school that don't, don't have food security. So maybe their only meal comes at lunch. And what they wanted to do was open a necessity pantry. And that necessity pantry will... Um, be able that they can go in and make a sandwich, take home, um, you know, take home some easier um, items, non-perishable food items that they can make at home and ensure that. And we've worked with the school district, have it all worked out, kind of who's going to manage that. And we are teaming up with our friends at ICYF and Abby and Casey Blake to make sure that it's healthy food options too. Um, So we're excited about that. We're excited that we can bring food security to the high school as well as school supplies. There's a lot of stuff for that. Our next big fundraiser will be, well, not fundraiser, we're doing a donation drive. We have a student 
Honor Mayor's Youth Council, who will be doing a service trip to Ghana. Her family built a school in Ghana to help um, children in Ghana. And so we'll be doing a school supplies drive in February to collect supplies that we'll send overseas to Ghana for them. We'll have those boxes all around the community. Look for on social media and you'll see where we'll have those. Um, and, you know, the other thing is Bike Fest will be back this year. So a chance to dunk the mayor in the dunk tank and um, bring bring some money, maybe some tethered balloon rides, free bike helmets. And I want to give you the exact date because... It's, it's all becoming a blur. That's in that's June 8th, I believe. I'm sorry I didn't have this prepared. This awkward silence in podcast. <laughs> but I, I'm like, oh, why didn't they know that? Okay, so it will be Saturday, June 8th, and we'll be doing it at the middle school parking lot and on the football field. Lots of um, opportunities for the family to be active. It's 10 to 12, and our fundraising, it kind of our slogan is going to be Puddle for the Pantry, and it will be for our necessity pantry that we're raising those money. And, hey, maybe we'll get, maybe Aaron will sit in our dunk tank. Who knows? Maybe oh. get, get our police chief did it last time, too. I'm about that life. I'm, right. I'll am i participate, whether it's being dunked or... Uh, I'll, I'll tell you, once that thing goes down and your back arches, you'll regret your decision the next <laughs> day. And Courtney was, Courtney from HR, she's great. She was like, ooh might have have some claims here so we should (laughs) probably all sign off on a clause we won't come for us but what a cool way i mean just various ways when you think about early on in our conversation of thinking outside the box that's a prime example right there mayor youth council of all the different ways to make an impact yeah we've got a we've got a you know disc golf i i like to say i want to make any and all of the obscure sport capital of iowa um everybody's got beautiful complexes you know sporting complexes i want those too i do but we've got a great opportunity here with disc golf. Um, one of the mayor's youth council, Derek Wilmot, he is heavily involved with Parks and Rec. He works for our Parks and Rec. Everybody knows Derek at Parks and Rec and very good disc golfer. Goes all over the United States, has won quite a few scholarships already. And, you know, he would like to somehow get another course here in Indianola so we can attract the whole disc golf tournament. So it's not split between Indianola and Des Moines. It is such a great opportunity for us, and I, I'm excited about that. I think we've got some opportunities with off-road biking trails. Um, I think we might have, you know, maybe even an opportunity for, like, a Ninja Warrior course, um, a competitive one. So I, I think good things are happening here, and it, it starts with our youth. The people that we want to buy in and to return here, it starts with listening to them. Yeah. So that really does bring it full circle for you for that yeah. impact of, you know, when you, when you talk about early on with bringing back Simpson College students, but yeah. overall, the youth that currently live in Indianola, you know, we want them to continue to call Indianola their home. Yeah. And, and a mom wants nothing more than her babies to come back home, I'll tell you, and the grandkids. So um, I hope they choose here. For sure. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to share before we wrap things up? I think that's it. Thank you. No, thank you. We I'm so appreciative that you came in today i mean our first podcast episode and we're, we're gonna get through. yeah and i didn't know he was gonna have camera i would have done my makeup and hair <laughs> so bear with us on that i like to say i'm the mike mcdaniel of mayors right <laughs> um my favorite football coach it's probably all i know about football is the dolphins but one of these days i'm gonna meet that man because he's also somebody you know looked outside the box did things a little bit different and let's do that let's try
Yeah, no, for sure. So yeah, make sure you hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. Make sure you leave us a comment. Let us know what you think about you know the podcast structure and what you'd like to see in the future. Maybe sometime down the road, we'll be able to answer some of your questions that you could submit prior to a show in advance. But you know, like you've heard from the teaser episode, these are going to be those behind the scenes conversations we have with city staff and with our elected officials to really get dig deeper into the city and the happenings that are on the horizon for Indianola. And we'll bring in, you know, more community voices from our partnerships across the community. And, you know, who knows, maybe even the County because you know, a great great Warren County or a great Norwalk, great Carlisle is a great Indianola. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everything that happens here, we are all together in this. So, um, I think, I think we would be great. We'll get you some better chairs too. (laughs) <laughs> we should probably budget for that. Um, these chairs are kind of awful. but no, these, these are good. These are good. But no, just, yeah, make sure you stay connected with us. Uh, everything, all that content lives on our city website, www.indianolaiowa.gov. Make sure you follow us on all the socials, Facebook, Twitter, and all of our department accounts across Instagram and even TikTok, which our library has a phenomenal TikTok. I agree. I agree. I I'd like to see I like to see some public safety TikToking, but from my understanding, um we had one. And I don't know if you know this, last little tip, but Officer Nixon used to be pretty viral, I guess, on TikTok. Um I think he was, was he a baseball player, maybe a football player in college, but um I think they make fun of him quite a bit about it. So I don't think he does them anymore, but <laughs> I think we could I think we could do some fun stuff here. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Just stay connected with us and we'll see you next time.